0: Welcome to the AI Buzz. We cover the latest in open source AI for everyone, from indie developers to seasoned VCs. I'm Luca Antiga, CTO of Lightning AI. I'm joined by William Falcon, CEO of Lightning AI and creator of PyTorch Lightning. Whether you're interested in enterprise AI, scaling large models, or just want to be part of one of the biggest open source communities in the world, listen in every other week.
1: There's a lot of things that are happening in AI and it's moving super quickly. So it's really hard to keep up with what's real and what's not and what's useful. In season two, we're gonna go through these principles so that you as a business owner, um, executive, VC, or journalist, uh, or even practitioner who wants to, you know, uh, look up from your code every now and then to understand how this impacts society and the world and even yourself. um, These are the things that we're gonna be talking about here. what are the trends that are showing up?
0: Where should you be headed? Should you kind of gather data and start training your own LLM? Like, and if you have to run a business and think like six months ahead, it's becoming absolutely
1: super hard to do. So what's your take on that? So I think companies need to pause before jumping on this like bandwagon. I mean, I speak to companies all day and I'm hearing from execs like great we're gonna apply this to everything and it's like guys you can't do that right now it's too unsafe like you just don't know how it's gonna work right what if the thing becomes super racist on a customer call like how are you gonna explain that right i think the problem with these models is that they sound so plausible and they like make cohesive sense and grammatically but the information there's no intelligence there right it's it's all just kind of recall it's probabilities it makes it feel more powerful than it is. I think it's good for personal use and it's good to augment some workflow, but I don't think it's good to replace a workflow, right? Uh, Especially without humans in the loop right now. So I would probably urge execs to slow down and collect things before you go do this, because you may not be able to come back from these decisions.
0: Up until very recently or today, people needing to do work uh, depended on uh, other people to create the tools for them to access automation on the other end, right? So you have a computer, the computer is dumb, and then you have uh, some intelligent being that creates an application for you so you can offload some of your work to some automation that somebody uh, created and made available to you in an easy way through a nice UI workflows and so on. I think that uh, looking at a space where uh, people will be able to access their own personal ways of solving automation tools without needing to access coding and stuff, it's going to throw off a lot of the competitive landscape, products, and so on. So, how are going are things going to rebalance themselves out? Because a lot of the structures that we we take for granted are not going to be there in a few months or a, I don't know a year or two. So, how do you see this?
1: So maybe we can do a thought experiment. So When the internet came out, before you had websites and personal computers, and you had these mainframes, right? What if at the same time, whatever year that was, mainframes came out, and at the same time, you had this other thing called ChatGPT at that time that existed. What does the world look like from that moment? Do you think we still get apps? Do you think we still get desktops? Do you think we still get laptops? Do you still think we get search? Do you think that like what changes so let's let's pretend we're in that time so you're sitting there i don't know 60s 70s probably in some lab somewhere in california in some basement and you're like given this mainframe thing that starts you put cards and does a thing so you're learning to program by punching holes and stuff or you have this other thing where you can like type at it and it just like answers things
0: talk so, to you what yeah. <laughs> the um, uh, xerox spark have been the same probably not right Because what they wanted to do was to create ways in which humans could access uh, an essentially dumb technology, but in a way that was productive, right? The mouse and all that stuff. So to kind of overcome the barriers. To access what? Not to access the computer, because who gives anything about a computer if I can reach my goal some other way, right? Because the ultimate goal for humans is to solve a problem, not to use a computer, not to code, or not to, you know, interact with a mouse. So, yeah, I think things would have been profoundly different. Humans go in the path of least resistance, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whether you want it or not, they will just, you know,
1: go there for sure. Do people even need to learn to program at that point? I probably don't learn to code. I probably just describe what I want to do and ask the thing to write me something to do that. Like, I I mean, do you even know about program? I guess I would have pro maybe apps like AI, like that's what an AI app or chat GPT app would be, right? Or do you even need it? I don't know, like maybe not. Like I can just be like, hey, book me a flight to New York tomorrow, right? And it's like, cool, it's done. And I took the money out of your bank account. And I'm like, great, can you wire this much money to Luca and it's done, right? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Like
0: a lot of these automation, thing would go probably away. Some other things would have developed that maybe would look like more like, how do I teach to a a complex entity that needs to understand what I mean, right? Like we do with kids, how do I describe things in a way that are correct? The question is when the system actually becomes more complicated. For example, I need to store a lot of data and the latency needs to be very, very low. So, and I need to geographically distribute my data. So how do you communicate the, that need to another? It was like being explaining something to a person, right? When you need it to be uh, strong. You mean it's gotta what? be
1: like very prescriptive? Very prescriptive. Like it, it can't just be like a figure it out. It's gotta be like a deterministic exactly. program give me a concrete example for the non-technical peeps what what does that even look like like am i touching a screen am i speaking to something like am i still coding is there a keyboard like what
0: (laughs) maybe i'm just drawing i'm creating like diagrams that uh, that describe what should happen in time and how certain things evolve and maybe i can focus on one particular thing one process like Two records are different. You know? Let's analyze the situation. You work it out. And then the system takes it and integrates it with whatever picture it made of the system you're describing. And it will tell you, oh, yes, but what about this? Okay, no, that in this case, then we need to modify our theory, right? It would look a lot more like a theory than a prescriptive coding thing, which kind of speaks to uh, a processor <laughs> that is nothing but an executor of... Uh, Uh, very uh, small programs.
1: So it's like a brainstorm, buddy. You're like, okay, let's say with the storage, distributed storage thing, right? Hey, so I have terabytes of data. So the terabyte is going to be coming in every hour. So please make sure that you're using at least two separate machines in two different buildings where you put half the data on one and half on the other. What do you think about that? Oh, yes, of course, that makes sense. But like, what if... I don't know, what if the person's in Europe and their data is being stored in, yeah, you're right. So let's put a server in Europe as well, right? Uh, Okay, cool. But like, what if the data is like a million, like tiny files or big files? What do you think? Uh, What do you recommend instead? Oh, this and that. Okay, great. That's it. (laughs) Like that, you just have a conversation with this, right? Like you don't need UIs. You don't need any of this stuff. And... The system can, like in fact, I think probably a lot of UIs will go away. You don't need interfaces, right? The UI is a way in
0: which a developer decided that you could access that complex workflow with a way that was aligned. UI is alignment, alignment is UI. You know, it's just that right now it kind of goes into the alignment process, and once you've done that, then it will be a resurgence of universal interfaces through which you can express. your your needs and so on. But I totally second your view of design bodies that makes you go down rabbit holes and kind of um, figure it out uh, in, in a way that is though formal in the end. But my recommendation would be let's not be constrained by whatever building applications or programming are today because we need to kind of think ahead into what we're morphing into, which will come very, very, very fast in the end.
1: And I think if you're sitting in a company like, how do I use this? I think you probably start adapting current systems that you like them to be a little bit more general and smarter, and eventually you can probably face out a lot of those systems in favor of like a more universal thing, right? I don't think we're going to have like one massive model that does everything. I think you'll have very specialized models that do other things. I came into AI probably around 17, 2018, and already then it felt like there was a lot of like, everyone's using AI, but it was like, are they? Like not really, right? Like most people weren't. Now, how do you cut through today? Because today, like you kind of are, but you aren't. So like, there's like a lot of these like very thin companies where there's not a lot of real IP or value going in. Well, I don't know, how do you cut through that? Yeah, I remember
0: it was probably 2015, and I went to speak to a VC here in Milan, and DeepMind had just published their own like uh, paper, the Atari one. And I told them, like, I want to build something like that, right? Where, you know, there are people, you know, trying to apply the later research, blah, blah, blah. And he told, I remember it distinctly. And I said, yeah, but DeepMind is already there, so it's too late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. I went home like, oh, no, it's too late. <laughs>
1: so, so f- you know, friendly uh, reminder that it's all about execution, right? If, yeah, if yeah. I ask a hundred people to pay me a face, only one's going to do it like Picasso, right? So like,
0: yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you cut through the, the landscape today, but I think it's about focusing on, yeah, you know, on what problem are you really want to solve the way you're kind of solving it kind of will dictate your uh, your success. Just don't be too too attached to what you would like to do from a like at a, a hype or technical standpoint because that that is the best way to get, be phased out. You need to be ready to kind of throw it all in the trash, but not rush into it uh, when when it's actually time.
1: It reminds me a lot of um, early iPhone. Like uh, you know, I was I was an iPhone developer when did I get into it, two thousand and ten. No. Eleven probably started coding on the iPhone. There was a point where it was like everyone was making a calculator app, everyone was making another note-taking app, everyone was making thousand of these like commodity apps, and yeah, the first calculator app made a lot of money, and the first, you know, whatever did make a lot of money. The, the first ones of these things, and then everyone else, there's like thousands of them, and they all kind of got taken down to zero, right? So it kind of reminds me of that today, where there's like a lot of this like mass of like the same kind of derivative apps and those kind of things. What do you think is the future of that? <laughs> no, I think it's a it's a necessary phase because A it it shows that
0: there's value to be created because there's pool on the other side. So it's actually good that something like this is happening. The only thing that you probably don't need to feel is that you're being left out or it's too late for you because I mean there we have never been in a in a more like Opportunity generating time as this, you know, it's good that people experiment with it. It's actually exhilarating, but in the end, the, all these phases are, are gone through. A, a, you know, company creation and then consolidation. A lot of the consolidation will go through actually people that already have users. Like Notion is a small one, smaller one. Microsoft, Microsoft. is. A, I mean, it's like, <laughs> exactly. It's a big this, one.
1: <laughs> this Microsoft release just killed like thousands of startups, right? Where they like yeah, now. Yeah. You have docs that have all the stuff you need. <laughs> right. But
0: did they kill them, though? Because if you look at Figma and Adobe, there's one Figma, of course, and not hundreds of them. But there were still value to be created by being a newcomer as opposed to somebody who could actually develop the whole thing, but wasn't able to kind of do that or intercept the right signals. Thanks again for tuning in to the AI Buzz, brought to you by Lightning AI. We've been your hosts, Luca Antiga and William Falcon. If you want to keep the conversation going and become a part of one of the biggest open source communities in the world, join Lightning AI's Discord server. There, members of our team and community work together to solve problems, chat about new developments, and actively shape the future of AI. Until next time.